Last time on Jedi Dropouts, our unlikely heroes set out to rank the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and now find themselves ambushed and left for dead on a desolate and deserted planet. Could this truly be the end for the Dropouts? Will they find a way out of their imminent and dastardly demise? Or will they just talk about movies and make dumb jokes? Find out on another thrilling episode of Jedi Dropouts! <laughs> I'm the other one, uh, also known as Ryan Taylor. We're I back. The same one. What was that? <laughs> I thought we were the same one. We could be. I don't know. I haven't checked in a while. Uh, we're back again with our uh, second part of our Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe rankings. That's part two. Part for those two. Who are trying to keep track? <laughs> That's about as high as I can count, anyway. Uh, yep. But before we even touch on any of those movies, we have to talk about a little something that dropped today, finally. The trailer for Avengers Infinity War. I thought we were talking about the ice cream I spilled on the floor. <laughs> we can? Did you, did you spill ice cream on the floor? A little bit, but I mean... My parents were visiting. Mom cleaned it off. God okay. love her. Okay. Well, we're all good then. We're, we're all caught up on that. Now, back to the trailer. Uh, actually, speaking of things falling on the floor, uh, you want to hear how my life has become a bad Christmas comedy? Always. Uh, I was talking to you about the recording, and I recorded uh, the intro you just heard for this. And then I went to wash dishes, and as I picked up the first dish, our bookshelf collapsed, and the top half fell on our Christmas tree and Christmas gifts. Wow. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I watched the whole thing unfold. It was terrifying, and much like a movie you would see starring Tim Allen or Matthew Broderick around the holidays, um... Uh, couple of small decorations were broken, uh, bookshelf obviously did not survive, and the Christmas tree is looking a little rough, but otherwise we're okay. The dog's fine. Well, that's the most important thing. Um, books all survived, gifts are fine. It was pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> so between that and the Infinity War trailer, it's been a hell of a day. Yep. Um, so let's get on to that trailer. Uh, what, where do we even start? Uh, it's it's fucking insane. This movie looks crazy. Yes. Uh, I saw a few people online saying that you know, like they were underwhelmed with the trailer, and I was like, "Who the fuck are you?" I I don't know what else you want. Um, I, I think. Don't. 
I think the best way to sum it up is that this looks like Marvel's version of Return of the King. Like those those yeah. those battle shots. It look this movie looks huge. It it does look huge, and it's cool that a lot of it looks to be taking place in the plains of Wakanda. Yeah, like this big battle. Well, I mean, yeah, you got you can see the whole Wakandan army. Uh, speaking of that, did you notice who was on the front lines alongside like Cap and Black Panther and Hulk? Black Widow. Also, uh, Nakia. Lupita Nyong'o's character from Black Panther. Yeah, she's like front and center. So I guess she's gonna. Yep. Have a, I guess she's gonna be a big part of the Avengers coming up. By the looks of it. Yeah. That's I pre- guess we'll have to see how that like how big of a role she plays in the Black Panther film. Hmm. But, but yeah, fucking Infinity War is only six months away. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Uh, and between now and then, we have Star Wars and Black Panther. Yep. Oh, and I have a ticket for Star Wars. I'm actually going to go see a movie. Uh, I'm very excited. This is going to be the first Star Wars movie I get to see in a theater since I saw The Phantom Menace. And we all know how that went. Uh, Yeah. You know what? I I like The Phantom Menace for the most part. uh, No comment. There are things I would choose to cut out of it. Like most of it. The pod racing ship. Uh, yeah. It just it saddens me that it was the like we didn't get any Darth Maul after that. Like he was only in that movie. Yeah. Because Darth Maul was hands down the best part of that movie. You know what? This is the tangent better saved for our Star Wars ranking. <laughs> yeah, which, which we are going to do. Yeah, sooner than later. Uh, Infinity yep. War, though. <laughs> uh, the the gaunt yeah. the gauntlet. We finally see the Infinity Gauntlet. We see the Infinity Gauntlet. Well, we've seen it before. Yeah, no, but I mean... It in had, a post-credit scene. Yeah. But, but he's actually wearing it. And it has Infinity Stones in it. and It has two of them. Yes. Uh, what do you think of uh, all the stuff with Vision in this trailer? I mean, Paul Bettany's, I... Paul Bettany's face was in the trailer. That, that has never happened before. Yeah. Um... I'm interested to see where they're going with that. Like, if it if that was kind of like a dream sequence, or if it was one of the two of them using, you know, their abilities to make mm. him look that way, or if yeah, maybe he just you know had a different body or something. Mm. I like I'm interested to see where they're going with that. But they are furthering the relationship between Wanda and Vision. Yeah, which is cool. Yes, which, man, when shit happens to Vision, like, when they take that Infinity Stone out of his head, Wanda is going to flip. If it happens. Like, I... We're pretty sure it's gonna happen. I... Like, it will, but I'm not entirely convinced by that trailer. 
because you see oh. you see it being about to be taken out, and then you see the gauntlet. But I don't. It's not the same stone in the gauntlet, is it? No. Exactly right. The the, the it's cut. Two different stones in the gauntlet. Yeah. But like... that scene in the movie could happen before they take the. No. Gem from Vision, like... I, I just think that was cut on purpose to make you assume that's where it happens, but I, I feel like maybe there's more to it. Oh, there's definitely going to be more to it's, it. It might not even happen until the fourth Avengers. Yeah. But it is definitely going to happen, and when it yeah. does happen, Wanda is going to lose her mind. Yeah. I'm thinking... I'm, I'm just wondering if maybe there's a way... That that Infinity Stone ends up in the Gauntlet without killing Vision. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, sure. Like maybe that that scene in the trailer is supposed to be uh, a distraction, like a, a diversion, because maybe Vision's fine and somebody else is on the chopping block. Yeah. I do I do think somebody's gonna die in this movie for sure. And that's what I've been trying to figure out who is going to die. I think at least one character, maybe more. I really feel like At least one. I think I think Loki might be one of the ones to go. I get I that. could see that. And I think it I think maybe Cap or Iron then Man. Then again, Loki is a world-class suck-up. Yeah, that's true. So, once Thanos shows up, because Loki's already encountered Thanos. Yeah. In the first Avengers. So, once Loki shows up, and or once Thanos shows up and starts pimping around all over the place, Loki's probably going to be like, whoa, I need to kiss this dude's ass to save my own skin. That's true. And then, you know, he'll probably, like, skulk in the background, like, waiting for an opportunity to do something that benefits him the most. Yeah. But it shows Loki holding off the Tesseract. Is that him offering it to Thanos, or is he just, like, holding it off and admiring it? Like, I don't know what he's doing there. Mm. It's really, really interesting. There's a lot you can take from this trailer. Yeah. Because... When we sh- when we see Thanos's gauntlet, there's two gems in it, and one of them is blue. Yep. Which could be the Tesseract converted into like a stone. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the big Rubik's cube motherfucking thing isn't going to fit in his glove. No, no. So I don't know. Part of me thinks like part of me wants to say it's going to be Tony. But part of me wants to say Steve. I feel like one of them's going because both actors have been in this from no, not quite day one. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. has been day one. Uh, Chris Evans not that long after. I feel like they've both even talked about maybe retiring from this. So I still think the best thing they could do is. Well, okay. As awesome as Rhodey is, people aren't going to be overly stoked if Tony dies and War Machine tries to take over the mantle of Iron Man. No. 
So stick Peter Parker in the suit and make Miles Morales Spider-Man. Oh, shit. That's a good idea. That That is just me saying a dream that I would <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah. But... Uh, speaking of taking up mantles, uh, Steve Rogers, no longer Captain America. Yeah. Do you think they're going to make another Cap? Do you think maybe Bucky or Sam? Well, well that's what I'm kind of thinking, because, like, Steve is kind of, like, coming out of hiding, out of the shadows. He's got this beard. Like, his suit is all black now. Like, yeah, he's not wearing a mask. Like, a lot of the footage from the trailer like he's not holding a shield nope so I think Cap is going to be the one to go down and it showed uh, both Sam and Bucky there and I think either one of them would make a good replacement as Captain America yeah I mean they've both done it in the past in the comics exactly and like we've seen Bucky using his metal arm as a shield in yep. previous movies, we've seen Sam using his wings as a shield. They're both in this trailer. Like, I don't know which one I would like more, yeah. to be honest. Maybe I'd like Bucky to take over as Captain America because I do enjoy Falcon doing the whole, like, flying around shooting thing. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Sam will be the new Iron Man. That would be cool. He's already got experience flying around in metal suits and shooting shit. I mean... Then you got Sam and Rhodey flying together. Yeah, maybe... maybe you Like, know. they already fly around together, but both of them in similar suits flying around, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Also, the whole, like, bickering between Sam and Bucky, like... Having, yeah. like... I don't know, you could have the two of them bickering over who gets to be the next Captain America type thing. Or you could finally have, like, the two of them, like, you know, burying the hatchet when one of them becomes the new Captain America with the other one's blessing. Yeah. Uh, we got our first glimpse of Spidey Sense. Yes. I, I loved everything they did with Spider-Man in this. Yes. The Spidey, um, the Spidey Sense, the new suit. Yes, the Iron Spider suit, by yeah. the looks of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's getting chokeslammed by Thanos, though. Like, yep. You know, we are getting a Spider-Man sequel after this, so... Like, you know, we've had one Spider-Man movie so far. They're not going to kill Spider-Man off yet. No. No. Uh... That's that's something I really liked because uh, throughout the comics and cartoons, some of my favorite Spider-Man fights are always Spidey versus a big, like hulking, monstrous enemy. So finally seeing Tom Holland Spider-Man against, I mean, Thanos isn't as big as some of the enemies he's fought in the past, but he's huge compared to Spider-Man. Yeah. I thought it was it's just a cool scene. It just kind of reminded me of the cartoons a little bit. Yeah. Um I'm just thinking now um about the infinity stones. Da 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 da. da. Space 
stone is the Tesseract. Yep. The other Reality one. stone is the Aether. Okay, yep. The Power Stone is the one that was in Guardians, right? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, so that's... It's... And we haven't seen the Soul Stone yet, have we? I don't remember offhand. So that might be in Black Panther. Oh yeah, that could... That, that would make sense. But, so... The Mind Stone is yellow. And the Aether is red. So purple and blue are the ones he has in the gauntlet. So that is the Tesseract and the Power Stone from Guardians. Yep. So those are the two stones that we see Thanos put in the gauntlet in the trailer. So he gets the Tesseract from Loki. Not necessarily like given to him by Loki. Like maybe he takes it by force, but... So he gets the Tesseract, which is being guarded by Loki. And he gets Power Stone from the Guardians. Well, from the Collector. Yep. That sounds right to me. And then it's the Soul Stone, which we haven't seen yet. The Eye of Agamotto. And the Soul Gem, or the Mind Gem, which is in Vision. Awesome. Yeah. Like, what else was in here? Honestly, on my first watch of the trailer, when I seen Proxima Midnight, one of the Black Order throwing that spear at Captain, or at Steve, the way, like, it was just a quick glimpse of her, I had to go back and watch it, well, many more times, but at first, she kind of looked like Ronan to me, and I was like, what, Ronan's back? <laughs> yeah. And on Earth? But then after rewatching and reading and whatnot, I found out it was Proxima Midnight, one of the Black Order, not Ronan the Accuser. That motherfucker did. Yep. Anyway, he went boom. I, that's that's all I gotta say about the Infinity War trailer. I loved it. Yeah, I was having a discussion about. Um, the trailer and the contents of it earlier with someone and they brought up something I thought was kind of interesting um, we see Bruce next to the arm of the Hulkbuster yeah and uh, in Ragnarok Bruce talks about like every time he turns into the Hulk now there's more and more chance that he may never come back as Bruce like Hulk has more and more control every time and he it's kind of like he's like it used to be like when he was the Hulk Banner would kind of be like in the back seat yeah. but now when he turns into the Hulk it's like Banner's locked in the trunk oh okay and so this friend of mine was saying like what if the part of the trailer where we see Bruce next to the Hulkbuster's arm 
what if Bruce is helping Tony modify and improve the Hulkbuster armor in case he hulks out and isn't able to go back to Bruce? Like, what if he's helping upgrade the Hulkbuster armor to keep Hulk more in check? I think that makes sense. Yeah, I I think that would be really cool seeing the movie. Yeah. Plus, like, we had um, Wong and Tony and Steven and who was the fourth there? It was uh, Bruce, wasn't it? Yes, it was Bruce. So you had the four of them stood up together, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I'd really like to see the banter back and forth between Steven and Tony. Me too. Two. Uh, oh, that's gonna be so good. Two former Sherlock's. This is also true. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Plus, Watson. Is oh, isn't? Yeah. Didn't Mark Freeman play Watson? Yeah, he did. And he's in the MCU. And now Jude Law is coming in uh, in Captain Marvel. Holy shit. You could end up with all of them on screen at once. All we need now is Lucy Lou. <laughs> okay. Let's uh all right. let's get into it. That's enough it. of that. Okay. So today we're counting down our top 8 Marvel movies because as we said on the last episode, we like to count things in eights. And yep. that, <laughs> uh so let's recap quickly um our picks for the uh, numbers 9 through 16. Uh, for me, I had Iron Man 2 at 16, Thor at 15, Thor the Dark World at 14, Iron Man 3 at 13, The Avengers at 12, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron at 11, Captain America Civil War at 10, and the first Iron Man at number 9. Yes. Yes, you did. Yep. Oh, you want me to do mine? I I, I figured that's what you were about to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why you were pausing so much. No, I, I was being an idiot. Um, my number 16, I had the first Thor movie. Number 15, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number 14, Iron Man 3. 13, Thor 2, The Dark World. 12, Iron Man 2. 11, Iron Man, 10, The Incredible Hulk, and number 9, The Avengers. So a lot of movies in similar places, obviously a couple we don't exactly agree on. Um, Yes. And you went first last time, so I think this time I'll uh, I'll start us off. Yes. I will say, since we recorded 16 through 9, I have rearranged a couple of my top 8 more than once. Okay. I've gone back and I've watched certain movies and I've like kept criticisms I've heard in mind and been a bit more critical while watching them. Yeah. And I Fair have enough. rearranged my list a little bit. Fair enough. Uh, my eight haven't changed too much. My number three and four have been hopping back and forth and that's about it. It's more... It's, really only been my top five that have been rearranged. Oh, yeah? Six through eight have stayed the same. Yeah, same for me. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, I'll start us off with one you've already said. I forget what number you said it at. I think it was maybe 10. Uh, I picked The Incredible Hulk. Yes, that was my number 10. Yeah, so my number 8. Again, we're not far off here. Uh, no. One thing I will say about my top 8, uh, I have very, very few complaints, if any, about these 8 movies. So, whereas from number 9 to 16, it was more so picking out the flaws. This is just going to be an episode full of praise, really. Uh, I like positivity. Yeah. I like. I didn't realize how much I enjoyed this movie until I rewatched it within like the last year. Because uh, shortly before we started this podcast, me and you had this conversation... And you were telling me how much you enjoyed the Hulk solo movie. And I was like, I, didn't, I don't remember much about it. I remember it, I, you know. So I went back and I rewatched it. And it's it's just a really good movie. Like, with all all the, all the this MCU and all this, uh, this connected universe aside, it's just a really good movie straight through. And the, the way it poses Hulk as both the protagonist and sort of the villain of the movie, how we're following him as the hero, but the world is viewing him as the villain, is a really cool way to uh, to set up the movie. And, I mean, it's the only time we got Edward Norton, Tim Roth as Abomination, and I forget the, the actual character's name, uh... Do you remember it offhand? Emil Blonsky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. are you talking Tim Roth's character? Yeah, Blonsky, right? Emil Blonsky, yeah. Yeah, he was great. He was a fucking awesome villain in both. Oh, he was. Yeah. And, like, he started off as just a serious threat, but then he started to become unhinged as the movie went on. Yep. And even, like, my favorite point is uh, just before, like, before he becomes Abomination, the very tail end when he is just like he wants nothing more than to destroy the Hulk. Like Tim Roth is a hell of an actor, and it was a good pick for a villain in that one. Uh, yeah, I also really like Liv Tyler. I mean, she doesn't do a whole lot, but when she shows up in a movie, she's just pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any complaints. As good as Arwen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, even Armageddon. Yeah. I'm a fan. Space Rock movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any complaints. I, I don't. I haven't watched it as much as my top seven, but I don't really have any complaints, so I had to put it at least in my top eight. Yeah. See, this list isn't about, like, you know criticisms it's about what movies we could praise the most yeah exactly so what do you got number eight i said ant-man oh really yes i went quite a bit higher <laughs> i assumed you did so um, are we going to do the same as last time and uh reveal i guess the same time i mean we could yeah might as well. Uh, I sure. put I put Ant Man at number three. Ooh, I love it. Ant- is quite a I love Ant Man. I really do. 
I love this movie. I really do. Um, I'm a mark for Paul Rudd. Yeah, me too. I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. It's funny. Like, the cast in this movie was great. Oh, man. Michael Pena was funny. Having T.I. in there, he was good. Yep. Um, Michael Douglas yep. as Hank Kim. Was it was it? just a great movie. Uh, one thing I really like about this movie, Corey Stoll is not that popular, but I'm a very, very big fan of Corey Stoll. And the fact that they cast, yeah. they cast him as Yellow Jacket in this, perfect Oh, he was me. great. Love Corey Stoll. Like, the action in this movie was great. The, like, loads of comedy. The science stuff, like, when he's blowing the lock, or the, blowing the vault when he first gets mm-hmm. the suit when he's breaking into Hank's house like this movie is great it's just the only reason why I put it so low on my list is because when I say to myself like I'm in the mood to watch a Marvel movie yes I do consider watching this one but I don't watch it I don't lean towards it as often as I do the rest of the movies in my top 8 Fair enough. I don't crave watching this movie as much as I crave watching the others. Yeah, see, I, I watch Ant-Man more than I watch a lot of Marvel movies. Oh, I've watched it a lot. I yeah. just, I don't watch it as much as some of the other ones. Yeah. It, and when I do watch it, it doesn't get me as excited as some of the other ones. Yep. Which... You know, it's nothing against Ant-Man. I think it's an amazing movie. Just, yeah. It's like pizza. Yep. <laughs> Ant- Ant-Man is, Ant-Man is good pizza. Yep, it sure but is. But some of these other movies are like fantastic pizza. Yeah, fair enough. I think maybe Ant-Man for me is... Uh good pizza that I just happen to like more than other people. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I might I might mention a few more things about Ant-Man when it comes to that on my list. So, my number seven, unless you had anything else to add. No, I'm, I'm good on Ant-Man. I'm getting all the ones out of the way here that uh, you've already touched on in the previous episode. So, my number seven was Captain America, the first Avenger. That's pretty high on the list. You had it at like 15 or something, didn't you? I did. Yeah, see, this is one I, I we just don't agree on. You had a lot of um, complaints about the pacing and the first half and so, like just some of the lack of action, I believe. Yeah. See, I have... I have like no problems with this movie. I I love this movie. I love this movie so fucking much. Um, and I think a lot of it is I'm I'm really big into movies that can nail a period. And just the way they present the the sort of wartime propaganda and the use of Captain America as like a marketing tool. I, I really enjoyed those bits. Even like the the scene you complained about with the with him dancing with uh, dancing 
and selling uh, war bonds. I actually love that scene. Yeah. I love it. Okay. I don't know. So this movie is one I I go back to, and uh, I will say that this movie did influence one of my fan casting choices in one of our upcoming episodes. Okay. I I cast someone in one of our future fan casting episodes, largely because of their role in this movie. Okay. I don't know if it's the same person you're talking about, but I'm just going to mention that Hugo Weaving as Red Skull is fucking awesome, and I think one of the best jobs Marvel's done with a villain yet. Yes, and I would like to see somehow Red Skull come back. Yeah, me too, because the job they did on Red Skull was too good to have in just, like, one movie. Yes. Uh, Yeah, we talked about this one a bit already, so I think that's... That's most of what I, I, I have to say about that one. I just I know that I enjoy it way more than you do, and I think way more than a lot of people do because it's not really, it's not one of the more well received Marvel movies. No. Okay, what do you got for number seven? Number seven, I said Age of Ultron. Okay, I had that at. Uh, what what did I have that at? <laughs> I think that was at number eleven for me. Yeah. Which, it it almost made it as high as number seven. I, I don't disagree at all there. It was back and forth quite a bit. I mean, James Spader's voice, like, oh, even the trailer for this movie with the whole, like, got no strings on me. Yeah. Like, just, oh, it just gave me chills. Yep. Yeah, Ultron, um, is, Ultron is another one of those really great Marvel villains I did. He's an amazing villain. I mean, it sucks that they had Tony invent him. Yeah. In this, instead of having it be, like, was it Hank Pym or Reed Richards that invented him in the comics? I'm almost positive it was Hank. Yeah. Who they did introduce later in the MCU. Same year. So. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice if they, you know, didn't do that, but Tony's their golden boy, he's their cash cow, so, you know. Yep. From a financial standpoint, it kind of made more sense. But either way, it doesn't take away how awesome James Spader was. It gave us a handful of new great characters, like Wanda and Vision. Yep. And briefly, Quicksilver. Yes. And, like... Honestly, I got emotional at the end the first time I saw it when Quicksilver died. Fair enough. I I honestly did because I I like speedsters. And but like it showed us more into like Hawkeye's backstory and Oh, uh, it was just an amazing movie. I think what they did with Quicksilver was actually pretty smart because Instead of trying to compete with what Fox was doing with Evan Peters as Quicksilver and have two existing Quicksilvers in two different film franchises, they literally just use him and his death to propel Scarlet Witch as a character. Yes. Uh, and I, it made sense to me. Evan Peters' 
Quicksilver is for many, many people the highlights of the two movies he's in. Oh yeah. For me. And me as well. Yeah. So yeah, like people love the X Men Quicksilver. Yeah, it would be hard to compete with. Yeah, it would be. Not saying that Aaron Taylor Johnson did anything bad, but, you know, he just wasn't as memorable of a Quicksilver. No. So I think you're right in saying, you know, it was smart to use him to propel his sister like they did. Yeah, and realistically, Scarlet Witch is probably a more important Avenger to have. Yes. And then, like, speaking of the other Scarlet in the movie... Yeah. We had um, the relationship between um, Black Widow and Bruce Banner. Yep. And which also gets touched on in Thor Ragnarok. Okay. But, yeah, like, you know, she opens up about, like, the experiments they did on her and how she was sterilized as part of the, like, graduation ceremony type thing and the two of them are connecting about how, like, they kind of both feel like monsters at times. Plus, we get um, our first glimpse of Wakanda. Yep. Which, before this, we had never even heard anything mentioned about Wakanda. Which... Was there any... Was there any mention of Vibranium prior to this movie? Because that one kind of ties back. Yeah, I... They mentioned it when they were talking about like Cap Shield, didn't they? Like yeah. just saying it was made out of like crazy metal, blah blah blah. Yeah. But this one actually showed Wakanda. Yeah. When um yeah, cuz like the whole Hulk Buster fight plus where they go and they're trying to interrogate um, Ulysses Claw. Yeah, and... So, I don't know, I just, I felt like this movie, like, brought, like, it, it was a good movie, but it also set up a lot for the future of the MCU. Oh yeah, there's so much set up in this movie. Because it gave us, it gave us a handful of characters that we still have, um... It gave us Ulysses Claw and showed him losing his hand, which yep. is going to come back in Black Panther. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he's going to be one of the major villains in that movie. Yep. And he has his prosthetic hand now that, you know, shoots the sound wave. Yep. So, yeah, like just because of how good this movie is plus the impact it had on the MCU moving forward I had to put it this high on my list hey guys we're back uh, we had some technical issues when recording the episode last night 
thinking it was probably a bad internet connection and uh, there was a lot of dead air and talking over each other trying to deal with it basically uh, yeah Ryan was delayed on my end and sounded like he was underwater so it was causing some confusion so we tried uh, we decided to uh, cut it for the night and pick it back up here uh, this time I'm not going to be recording from my swimming pool um, just for quality reasons yeah gotta put that lavish lifestyle on hold for a little bit yeah you know me I'm all but that's sco- I'm all but that scuba man. Yeah. Uh, so we're picking it up. Uh, cut a little bit out because some it was getting. It wasn't up to our standards. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as entertaining as we wanted it to be. We kept what was good. Yeah. Uh, now that I finally have standards in my life, I kind of want to keep them. <laughs> So-called standards. Um, yeah. To some, maybe that's not the word they would use. Uh, so, we're picking this up. Um, as you guys just heard, and this is obvious to you guys, uh, James just finished talking about his number seven pick, Age of Ultron. And we're going to jump right back in there. So, uh, it's not really a surprise to you anymore, James, because we did talk about a couple of these last night. But my number six pick is... Doctor Strange. Yeah. And it's which has to be my number two pick. Yes. Now you've ranked it a lot higher than I did, but yeah. on my end, it, it is really not any criticism about that movie at all. It is. It's just five movies I liked more. That's all. And uh, again, I, I've mentioned this last night. Uh, I feel like I might have even brought it up on, a, on an episode before. The only thing that throws me off about Doctor Strange is I'm not at all convinced by by Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent. Like, yeah. not for a second. It do, I don't understand why they didn't just have uh, Stephen Strange be from London. Uh, it doesn't take away from that character at all. The, the character's... Uh, Homeland or origin doesn't really uh, doesn't really affect it at all, especially with how they well, did that it, story. It's not like Spider-Man or something like that, yeah. where like the neighborhood he's from plays into it. Or or Black Panther and Wakanda. It's nothing like that. It it really doesn't matter where the fuck Stephen Strange is from, like at all. Yeah, like he's not like Cap and Spider-Man. They're like, hey, I'm from Queens. Hey, you're from Brooklyn. Yeah. type thing you don't have that from Stephen Strange like I for no. the life of me can't think of like where he originated from no and, like I, I'm assuming New York because it, that seems to be the hot spot for superheroes in Marvel but uh, uh, that doesn't really take away from the movie that much it's it's very very minor and I just feel like the movie would have been slightly better if he had kept his his original accent, uh, but the thing that's impressive about that is even though I don't like the American accent he's doing, 
he still manages to convey an awesome Doctor Strange, and it's very rare that I see an actor pulling off an accent I don't like and still enjoy their performance. Yeah. So, all that aside, I mean, this movie did so much for Marvel in terms of bringing mysticism and magic into the universe. Uh, yeah. I mean, the cast is insanely good. Mads Mikkelsen, Tilda Swinton, Benedict Wong. Uh, I, I will once again attempt to pronounce it uh, Chiwetel Ajayafer. I have no idea if that's right. And uh, like I said, I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce that because I respect the guy and I don't want to butcher his last name. No. Or either of his names. I, I, first name. I will learn to pronounce it properly. If that's not it, I will get it. Uh, anyway, he's Mordo, he's great, and uh, just everything about this movie, the special effects work, the scene with Dormammu, everybody loves that scene. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say, you watch this movie... This arrogant asshole just getting humbled, Mm. it's great, um, like I've said to you, the, the visuals I love. Oh yeah. Like, I just get drawn to the edge of my seat with some of the visuals, like when um, the Ancient One is chasing Caecilius, and at the beginning, after they, like, chop the head off the guy and steal the ritual, yeah, him and his zealots, like, and they're fighting on the side of the building and everything's changing, like, that just, oh, I love it. And I would be lying if I said I hadn't, like, tried to imitate, like, the hand motions <laughs> of, like, how he opens the eye of Agamotto and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I get really caught up in this movie. Yeah. Like, that's, an, I, that's like, another the whole thing. idea of being in this room, and if you go through, like, one door, you're in London, another one, you're in Tokyo, another one, you're in New York, like, that yeah. is so cool like I just I get really caught up in just like the wonders of this movie and that's something cool that they did as well Uh, when did you like okay let's just let's go back a a bit here now Um, even to as previously mentioned in our Justice League review remember when we were sitting down in Tim Horton's fan casting Justice League and just talking about the future of superhero movies this was uh, maybe maybe post Avengers although I don't think it was I don't even think it was that late Uh, yeah it was around the Christian Bale Batman era roughly around Avengers ish did you ever think you would hear the words Eye of Agamotto or Dormammu in a big budget movie no, not ne- at all. Never. Can, could you even like even go back? Yeah, to around the the time where Avengers came out, would you have ever imagined Doctor Strange getting his own movie? Like, no. Just just to have him included in an Avengers movie would have been more than satisfying. But to, I didn't think we were going to get any more Dormammu. Like maybe in like video games and stuff, but like no on-screen Dormammu besides what we got in the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, right? Like, it... This movie does a lot of fan service. A lot of fan service. And 
so good. Honestly, like, uh, through recording last night, and I mean, we've got a little further than this last night, and again today, no movie that we've talked about has made me want to go back and watch it again, like talking about Doctor Strange. Uh, I mean, last... Exactly, like, I watched it just before we recorded yesterday, and if you asked me if I wanted to watch it again today, I would say yes. I'm really, like, if I didn't have to go to work today, that's what I would be doing for sure now, just just from talking about it. You're making me, yep. like, you're questioning, you're making me question where I have this ranked already. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my guns. Number six, because the top five are all fucking fantastic movies for me, anyway. Uh, That's part of what I enjoy about us, like comparing these lists and rankings and stuff. Though, like, you made me question some of my rankings last time, and then I rearranged my list several times between like when we recorded the first part and when we started recording our top eight. I like that we can make each other question yeah. our rankings and, like, go back and watch stuff and... Yeah. It's, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's great that we can make compelling enough arguments to change the opinions of someone who thinks they already know and love a movie as much as they can, yeah. you know? Sway uh, someone a little bit on a movie. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll sway some listeners. Uh, Maybe. Probably not. Uh, what do you got for number six? I asked, but I already know. Number six, I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And I had it at number four. Which yeah. is pretty close. Yeah. I mean... The Guardians of the Galaxy movies, like, both of them are fantastic movies. Oh, yeah. And I don't really have any complaints about this movie. Other, like, I said last night when we were recording that I feel like they, like, if they just dialed the Baby Groot stuff back from, like, 10 to 9, it'd be perfect because it feels like they're maybe pushing it a little too hard for merchandising. But... I still enjoyed Baby Groot a lot. Like, it's a very, very, very minimal complaint, if a complaint at all. Uh, Other than that, like, I don't know, the soundtrack wasn't as memorable as the first one. But the first one was one of the best soundtracks ever. Yeah. Um, So, I want to counter. Set the fire just so high. I want to counter your Baby Groot thing real quick. Uh, Yep. You said they're pushing it too hard for advertising? Yeah, for merchandising, yeah. For merchandising. Um, we grew up in an age of the Ninja Turtles cartoon and Power Rangers, so <laughs> I think they could I think they could push it for merchandising way more before we give up on this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, let's be real, the Power Rangers only exist to sell toys. That is yep. 100% of the reason. Love it or hate it, that's what it is. Um, and I understand where you're coming from with Baby Groot, but for me, uh, I actually enjoy Baby Groot way more than I expected to. I thought it was a joke that went on a little too long when I was watching the trailers, but the actual scenes that were in the movie that I hadn't seen, just 
they were probably my favorite parts of the movie. Seeing uh, seeing how vicious Baby Groot could get, that was amazing. And uh, I really, really enjoyed the prison joke of uh, Yondu and Rocket locked in the cell. And I can't remember exactly what it was that they wanted Baby Groot to go get. It, uh... um, Yondu's fin, wasn't it? Yes, the fin. There you go. And he kept bringing back the wrong shit. I love that joke. That is, <laughs> That killed me. Um, anyway, continue. Yeah, it it was a fantastic movie. I loved it. It made me laugh. It made me cry. I sat there in the theater with a smile on my face for most of the movie. Yeah. It just wasn't as memorable as the first one. Yeah. And that's... Like it, like I said, fantastic movie. It just didn't make it as high on my list as the first one, just because it wasn't as memorable. Would you agree that maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two would be ranked higher if the first one didn't exist? Yes. Like, like the first one sort of casts a bit of a shadow on the second. Yeah. Yeah. I. It choose to fill. Yeah, it is. And uh, granted, they did a, a fantastic job, better than most sequels, but it's still not quite as good. Yeah. By by a smidgen. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. I and and the thing is too, it's it. I mean, it's been out for oof, uh, since last spring, since pretty much since we started the podcast because it was around the same time uh, so it's still fairly new and it could end up moving up or down with the uh, addition of some time yeah I mean I think I'm getting it for Christmas so I'm gonna st- I'm gonna watch it a handful more times once yeah. I get it. And that may move it up the list for me a little bit. I have something to admit. Of all the movies in my DVD and Blu-ray collection, I do not own a single movie from the MCU. Wow. I know. It's one of those things that I put off. Like, oh, I'll, I'll wait till a box set or you know that sort of thing and now su- yeah. and now suddenly there are 16 movies well, 17 out now I guess and I'm like oh shit <laughs> I think I waited too long I don't know where, what to do Guardians Volume 2 is the only one I don't currently own yeah but it came out on DVD during the time of year where I stopped buying DVDs for myself because my mother's like hey what do you want for Christmas and then I just start, like, any DVDs that come out that I would potentially buy for myself, I write down, give the list to mom. Yeah. And whatever she doesn't get me for Christmas, I go out and buy for myself. Fair enough. Yeah. But Guardians Volume 2, Wonder Woman, these are DVDs I anticipate to be getting Christmas time either as a gift or I will purchase myself. Awesome. 
Well, uh, moving on to our top fives. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Top five movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At least by the rankings of two guys who don't really have any sort of <laughs> any sort of uh, major standing in the geek world. Just they just have a podcast. Yep. They just like yep. they just like to talk shit. <laughs> no clout. Just just our opinions. Yep. Okay, my number. We're not experts. We're just fans. Yep, that's us. Um, my number five. And my number one, I guess, of the Captain America movies, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yes. And uh, I believe you had this one ranked pretty high as well. Yeah, this Captain America the Winter Soldier I had ranked as my number one. Number one. And I can't, I can't really disagree. It's a fucking fantastic movie. It is an amazing movie. And... As much as this is ranked on, like this is ranked by personal preference, the movies I like the most. Uh, I think technically, like technically speaking, in terms of writing and direction, Winter Soldier may be the best, like the most well-made of the Marvel movies. Yeah. It it's I mean, and it is done in a much more serious tone than a lot of them. It's. Uh, it's much more of a political thriller, I guess you would say. Like yeah, with the whole like Robert Redford stuff and yes, Robert. I mean, the cast in this one again is much more serious. But uh, I mean, you've got all the the, the typical players and Chris Evans, Samuel Jackson, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Sebastian Stan in his I think his first major role. Here, like he sure he showed up in the first Captain America, but yeah, the Winter Soldier is where he really shines. Oh yeah, and like you said, Robert Redford's in here. Uh, Frank Grillo as Crossbones. Uh, well, the pre-Crossbones. Uh, what's his name? In Rob Rom. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but this movie just has some of the more iconic Captain America, not just Captain America, but some of the more iconic Marvel moments uh, last night. Wasn't Danny Putty in this movie too? Abed from Community? Danny Putty in this movie? I mean, you might be right. It's just, I'm forgetting. Yeah, 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 you're right. Holy shit, I forgot he was in this. I totally forgot. Yeah, he plays just a random, like, tech guy for yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. I totally forgot that. I completely blanked on that one. Uh, yep. And we should probably mention, I mean, Winter Soldier really uh, has a huge effect on the Marvel Universe in that, uh, well, for one, it sets the stage for Civil War, but yes. also it has the the reveal of Hydra's... Uh, Hydra's undertaking of S.H.I.E.L.D. over the years, and how they've been yep. like basically pulling the strings the whole time. Kind of sets this whole, like, who can you trust, don't trust anybody thing in motion. Which is where a lot of the Marvel movies went from there. Yep. Civil War, Age of Ultron, 
even Infinity War still really has that going. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I just I just think it's a fucking fantastic movie. It plays it more like a a born movie than anything. Um, yep. And you got a lot of great action, which I I think is pr- uh, a definitely a, a reason you would have that up there. You're I know you're big on the action. Uh, I am yeah. less less talk more rock I guess. Um, yep. And this I mean if you're looking for fight scenes this movie has it. So many of yep. them. Just we have the elevator scene. Oh my god, the elevator scene. We have the um, getaway scene with Nick Fury where he gets ambushed. Yep, I love that one. Which is where we first see the Winter Soldier. And and that is one of the better introductions in the Marvel movies. Yeah. Him stepping out and shooting that magnetic mine onto the bottom of Fury's car and then just sidestepping mm-hmm. as the car flips. And... Oh, man. It's a very intimidating... Like, he, he has a very uh, intimidating presence. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, there are a lot of times in these movies where I'm not that sold on the villains. I mean, Malekith from The Dark World... Uh, basically, most of the villains in the Iron Man movies, I'm not like I'm not a hundred percent on them. But the second Winter Soldier appears on screen, I'm just like, oh shit, this guy's for real. Yeah. And like, it, it a great villain makes you wonder, makes you question how the fuck the hero is actually going to stop them. And Winter Soldier does that. Yes, for sure. Especially um, when Nick Fury, air quotes, dies and Steve in Steve's apartment and Steve starts uh, chasing the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And he, they bust out on that rooftop and he throws his shield, like full yes. force throws it. Yep. And Winter Soldier just like, quickly turns and just casually one hand catches the shield it's just like oh shit like I love me that scene like he just catches Captain America's best weapon like it's nothing yeah and uh, it seems like a lot of the uh, a lot of the big moments in the Marvel movies Involve Cap's shield. Uh, yep. Between this one and uh, I mean Spider-Man and Civil War, and then even the ending of Civil War with the the big fist fight and how Cap uses his shield on Tony. There's a lot yep. of shit involving that shield. But well, it's it's such a symbol. Yeah. And. Uh, Speaking of Cap's shield and its symbol, uh, I believe your number five is also into that tying into that conversation. Yes, because uh, my number five was Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, and I had that at oh shit, where was that? It was pretty, pretty low on the list, like number ten, I believe. Yeah. But like we said earlier about our ability to um, 
like our, we were saying earlier about our ability to sway each other and you know make each other look at some of these movies and things a little bit more critically. I originally had uh, Civil War in my top three, and then uh, after you made your case for ranking it at number ten, I kind of rewatched the movie with a bit more of a critical lens on, and like I said, I've revamped and reworked my list three or four times, rearranging my top eight, yeah. and I moved Civil War back down to number five because, largely because of the Zemo thing. Yeah, which was my main issue with it. Like, I did think it was worthy of keeping it in the top five because not only did it... Uh, reintroduced Spider-Man, it gave us Black Panther, um, you start to see the relationship blossoming between Vision and Wanda, and yet they wind up on opposite sides, you have, like, the stuff with Cap going after Bucky, and, like, I know he's in there, like, I can get to him, um... I did kind of not like Tony at the end where he's just kind of like, I know this bad guy just said like it's all part of his plan, but I'm going to play right into his hands and give him exactly what he wants because this guy, while he was brainwashed, killed my mother X amount of years ago. It's kind of like, mm, all right, Tony. I, I understand you're upset, but you're supposed to be one of the smartest guys on the planet, supposed to be one of the leaders of this super team, so I would think you'd be able to rationalize this a little bit and kind of be like, he wasn't himself when it happened, and the bad guy literally in front of me just said that this is part of his plan. Yeah. I'm going to give him exactly what he wants right now and fight my friends. So that kind of bugged me, but, like, them, like, bringing Ant-Man in, that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, I did think it was cool, though, like, even though Zemo was so far from the source material, that just by a lot of planning, an ordinary guy was able to pit the Avengers against themselves. It, it wasn't the best plan, and it might have been a bit of a stretch, but the fact that it happened, I did think was kind of cool, because a lot of them are looked at as gods, even though the two arguably most powerful, Hulk and Thor, weren't there. Yeah. But a lot of these people are still regarded as having, like, godlike abilities. And it just, you know, seen them knocked off their pedestal a little bit. Um, I was going to say something else, but I just lost it quick as that. Uh, the roadie stuff, like, that was like, oh my god, like, even, like, at first you're wondering, like, holy shit, is roadie going to die? Then you see him towards the end, and he's in rehab, but seriously fucked up. You know he's going to come back from it because of the resources and what not available to Stark and the Avengers, but, yeah. you know, 
you're still wondering like what's going to happen with Rhodey. I still can't remember what the other thing I was going to say was. Fuck. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't come back to me. Oh well. Yeah. I, I do really enjoy this movie. I think. Oh, um. Fuck! It came back to me. I lost it again. Quick as that. <laughs> um. I I do. It's early in the morning. I'm still half asleep. Yeah, I hear you. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do very much enjoy this movie. It's just, I had to look at it a bit more critically after we discussed it. Question for you. Yeah. How high did you have it ranked originally? Two. Oh, wow. I took, mm-hmm. I took it down a few pegs. <laughs> yes, you did. Um... I, I do yeah. still enjoy the shit out of this movie, and I'm probably going to watch it today. Yeah. But, yeah, I I did take a more critical look at it after our discussion. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um, It brought back Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, yeah. Which kind of made me a bit more hopeful for a solo Hulk film. Yeah. Because we see, like, we haven't seen Ross since the second movie of the MCU. Yeah. And for those who don't know, uh, General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross um, ends up becoming, well, he's always been a pretty big Hulk villain, but he becomes an even bigger one when he becomes the Red Hulk. Yeah, and Red Hulk has had quite a few different uh, positions within the Marvel Universe. I believe he was an Avenger at one point. He was an Avenger. He was a member of the Thunderbolts, yeah. I believe. Um, but can you imagine like, if they did that movie where because Red Hulk just shows up. Yeah. You don't know it's Thunderbolt for a while. No. So we... can you imagine if they did that in a movie where you have Hulk, like, Red Hulk comes in as if he's replacing the Hulk. Like, he's trying to make his case to the Avengers, like, hey, I can replace Green Hulk. Yeah. And he's kind of winning them over, but Hulk doesn't trust them. The two of them have it out a few times. Hulk versus Hulk fight and then it's not until the like third act of the movie that you find out that this is actually General Thunderbolt Ross someone who has despised the Hulk for years trying to take his place and everything like that like that would, for people who don't know like that could blow their fucking minds yeah which is what I saw on the horizon when I seen him come into Civil War I was like, okay, so they didn't have to reintroduce this character. They didn't have to bring William Hurt back. No, they didn't. So, to me, this just makes me very hopeful of things that could come. Maybe they won't, maybe they will, but I'm hopeful. And that's 
part of why I like Civil War so much, even with those issues of Zemo and with my issues I have with Tony. Um, it giving us Black Panther, it giving us Spider-Man, it bringing back Thunderbolt Ross. It And then, like, at the end of Civil War, we kind of have Zemo uh, doing the same thing Lex Luthor did at the end of Batman vs. Superman. Okay. Potentially doing a better job of it, even. Um, you have the main bad guy of the movie captured and someone kind of being all like, ah, we got you. And then he's just kind of like, but I still kind of win because, you know, I set the blood in the water, the sharks are coming. Like, I've showed the world how vulnerable you are. Mm. And kind of like how Lex Luthor was like, they've heard me. Kind of like him saying, like, well, I've, you know, set things in motion so that other more powerful things are going to, you know, hear about this and they're going to come looking. Zemo's kind of like, hey, like, I've showed the world how vulnerable the Avengers are. Other people are going to come and follow in my footsteps and try and take you guys down. Yeah. Like... You know, he's kind of done the whole, like, I've made God bleed thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Which, I think he did a better job of it than Lex at the end of Batman vs. Superman. Hold up. Because Lex just seemed unhinged. Hold up a second here. Are you saying that Marvel did something in their movies and did a better job of it than DC? (laughs) Because... That's that's a that's an unpopular opinion if if I've ever heard one. <laughs> uh, I know. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd watch your words there. I know. <laughs> Next thing people will be saying, "Water is wet." Come on, man. Are you honestly going to tell me that Tony Stark is a better Iron Man than? Uh, I can't even think of a comparison. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say Ben Affleck, but we're the only ones defending Ben Affleck at this point, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be I'm not going to be the one to shit on him because then there's nobody left. No. Yeah. Uh it'd just be Ben Affleck in front of his trailer mirror being like, "You can do this." No, no, he doesn't even defend himself anymore. He's like, "Oh god, get me out of here." I yeah, mean, that's true. <laughs> Even Ben Affleck is like, no, I'm a terrible Batman. Hire somebody else. Um, it's literally just the two of us on our little podcast. And and probably Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, anything because else? Kevin Smith has said in the past that he would hire Ben Affleck as Jaws. As <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's got a he's got a he's got the the jaw structure for it so yeah he was like I, I'd fucking make him the shark in jaws <laughs> I haven't heard that one but I'm not surprised uh, <laughs> so anything else to add on Civil War no I, I think we're good to move on from there yeah I think so and I touched on most of my points on it in the last episode I still think that the movie 
uh, it's a case of the parts are better than the sum. I like mo- a lot of the scenes from that movie better than the movie as a whole. Yeah, and I can see that. I mean, the the Spider-Man stuff, the just the Spider-Man stuff alone is so fucking good. Yeah. Okay. Ant-Man becoming Giant Man. Oh my god, I, that was one thing that was not spoiled for me. Like, obviously, I knew Black Panther was there. Obviously, I knew Spider-Man was there. I knew a lot about the movie going into it. I hadn't heard yeah. a single word about Giant Man, and the second like that happened or I saw it coming I I was just screaming to myself and, but I reacted <laughs> the exact same way Scott Lang did <laughs> <laughs> yeah man Paul Rudd's great uh, Paul Rudd is amazing I that I'm such a huge Paul Rudd fan even before he did Ant-Man me too uh, so my number four is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and I'm pretty sure we touched on that pretty well. I think I, I got a lot of my points in there already. Yeah. We didn't actually touch on how sad that movie was and how surprised I was that it was sadder than the first one. Yeah. Yondu's death, spoiler alert, was fucking heartbreaking. Emily and I both cried in the theater. Like, I looked over at my girlfriend, and both of us like had to move our 3D glasses and wipe tears away. Man, so good, so fucking good. Uh, I feel like there was something else sad in there. Oh yeah, the whole uh, ego's plan revealed, and and the fact that ego gave Star Lord's mother cancer. Like that's that's a fucking dark thing for a Marvel villain to do. Yep. Yeah, man, Kurt Russell. God damn it. Uh, so anyway, I, I think I think we've touched on Guardians 2 enough there. What's your number four? My number four is the first Guardian. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Well, uh, that is my number one. I saw that one coming. Man, that one, that, that's the only MCU movie to crack, I would imagine, my top ten movies all time. Mm, not quite five, but top ten for sure. Nice. No, um, I I had a feeling that this one was going to be either number one or number two for you. I was out uh, last weekend playing Cards Against Humanity with a few people, and someone I'd never met before showed up wearing uh, the Awesome Mix Volume 1 nice. t-shirt. Yep. And as soon as I seen that, the first thing I thought was Ryan. Yep. <laughs> like, when I see anything for that soundtrack or that movie, I instantly think of you. Because how many times have we talked about that soundtrack? Man. <laughs> that fucking movie. Oh, God. I've listened to that soundtrack for far too many times. Um... Exactly. Something that you uh, that that I realized the other day, I didn't actually realize about myself, is that Guardians exceeded my expectations. I thought I went in overhyping it a little because, if I'm gonna be honest, I started reading Guardians of the Galaxy comics 
about six months before they announced the movie because I had heard rumors that they might be making the movie. Yeah. So I went, I, I overhyped it a little. I've read a bunch of Guardians comics, and then I... I mean, I, I was trying to like I, I uh, any of the cast members that were announced that I wasn't familiar with. I went back and watched movies just to familiarize myself. I was very on the up with this movie, and so I, I still somehow, after seeing the trailer, still somehow thought it was going to be a, a standard Marvel movie, which is bonkers. And yeah, when I went into this thing, I was just I. Like as as soon as I saw the opening, the opening scene with Star Lord dancing to himself is like that's the moment you're like, oh, this is not a, a regular Marvel movie at all, and it doesn't change from there at all. No, it really doesn't. Um, the one minor issue I have with this movie. How dare you? <laughs> is I feel like they could have showed how powerful Ronan is more. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Because, I mean, I've seen animated series and cartoons where, like, the Kree show up at Earth and, like, the Avengers try and, like, take them on. And Ronan just max Hulk away like he's nothing yeah like Ronan's just like get the fuck out of here and just like backhands the Hulk away from him as if he was like swatting away Cap or someone okay yeah and so then when I seen that Ronan was going to be the villain I was like holy shit like this guy is a, it's like he's a bad motherfucker but we didn't really get to see Ronan's power on display that much. No, uh, he and like he is a cool villain, and they did a good job with him. But you're right. You well, I enjoyed him. Yeah. You don't get to see the full extent of what he can do. No, and like he's a super intimidating presence on screen. Yeah. Like it's like holy fuck, and like especially when he like. Gets his hands on the power stone and like oh, yeah. the way he starts like talking back to Thanos and Thanos is like, "You better be careful, boy." And then Ronan's just like, "Who the fuck are you calling boy?" Yeah. Like when this guy has the balls to talk back to Thanos like that, you know he's a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But that is the only thing I would change about this movie is that it would show more, it would put Ronan's strength on display a little bit more. And that is the only thing I would change about this movie. Fair enough. Other than that, this movie is just pure gold. Yeah. I, uh... I wouldn't change a damn thing, man. I... This, it it's easily one of my favorite movies ever, which is yeah. bold for something that only came out three years ago. Surprisingly, uh, yeah, man, uh, you talked about the soundtrack. Uh, I mean, 
But the fucking cast. Have you ever seen in a Marvel movie a group that felt so much like a team? Like, you can say what you want about the Avengers. But I think the Guardians are have way more on-screen, on-screen chemistry. Oh, 100%. I mean, who would have thought that fucking Batista would be this funny? Like, <laughs> and, since these movies, I have grown such—I've grown to be such a fan of Dave Batista. I want that guy in a bunch of shit. His his comedic timing is unbelievable. And like after I saw him in Guardians, then I saw him in Spectre. The okay. Bond film? Yeah, yeah. And I got excited about Dave Batista being on screen <laughs> in a Bond film, and I never thought I would get excited about Dave Batista being in a movie. No, but exactly. But he was so good in Guardians that I was just like, oh my god, it's Dave Batista. Yeah. And I owe that to Guardians. And then I was watching interviews with him. I was watching, like... <laughs> Dave Batista like working out, like the fact that he trains in jujitsu. I was watching interviews with him where he was talking about his lunchbox collection because the dude collects vintage lunchboxes. Nice. Yeah, like I actually took an interest in Dave Batista as a person because yeah. he was so good in these movies. Man. I I fucking and even the like some of the side characters. I mean, obviously the Guardians are great, but yeah, John C. Riley as part of the Nova Corps. Oh my God! Fucking. I mean, and he doesn't even like they don't give him the comedic lines that you would normally get with a John C. Riley role. They play him a little more yeah. serious, but he he gets to scoff at Star Lord and. I don't know. It's it's interesting seeing him on the serious side of the jokes. Yep. And uh, I also really like uh, Sean Gunn. As I do not remember, the, he, he's one of the he's like Yandu. Savages. Yeah, Yandu's right hand. Uh, oh my god, I can't remember his name either. Oh man, uh, his name escapes me. But like. I, I didn't know who he was when I first saw him. I was watching and I was like, holy shit, I think that guy's in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and he is. And and then I looked it up and I found out that he's the director and writer's brother. Uh, and yep. he's a funny guy. Like, I was never a big Gilmore's Gr- Gilmore Girls fan. I uh, dated a girl that watched a bunch of it. But whenever this guy showed up on screen, he's very funny. He plays like this odd, quirky character that shows up every now and then, and very funny guy. And uh, and then this is this role was like made for him. Uh, yep. Man, I, I don't know what else to say about this movie other than I just. Craglin was his name. What was it? Craglin. Yeah, there you go. And uh, oh, he's given a lot more to do in volume two. And honestly, I think I think he's a little funnier in the second one, but uh, apparently he did the motion capture for Rocket. Yes, and there are pictures of it, and it is fantastic because Bradley Cooper did all the voice acting, but for the onset, um, for for the actual filming, you've got Sean Gunn 
in like this full latex suit and like there's a there's a picture look it up online it's Sean Gone in a latex suit sitting next to Dave Batista in full Drax costume and it's the scene near the end where he's petting him on the head and it's so fucking funny it is just uh, like you need no words for the picture at all he's even uh, doing the motion capture for Rocket in Infinity War yeah because they're they're modeling a lot of his move like a lot of Rocket's movements on Sean Gunn yep uh, fun fact the motion capture for Baby Groot at the very end of this movie uh, the infamous baby group dancing in the flower pot scene that was James Gunn <laughs> huh they put James Gunn put, got it in a room alone with motion capture suit, motion cap suit on uh, wouldn't let anybody watch and danced and that's what they used yeah well, sorry James Gunn you are the second best director to have a role in your own MCU movie Second best director? Director. Yep. Director. Who am I, what am I missing? Hika. Oh, in an MCU movie. Oh. That's sorry, I thought you said in a in his own movie. Okay. I'm I, No, just MCU. Yeah. But not the best uh in a Disney movie because, you know, Kevin Smith is the chubby stormtrooper. We, we got yeah. a lot of Kevin Smith love here, man. Uh, I do love me, Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. Like, some, Sometimes a movie just comes along and it hits me the right way. And lately, yeah. like the last couple years, it's been more and more often that a movie comes along and it just hits me in the right spots and it becomes one of my favorites. Uh Within recent years, Kingsman was one of them. Uh, what, what's the other one I'm thinking of here? Kingsman and Baby Driver was another. And Get Out. Like, these movies just come along and I watch them and I'm like, that was just fucking so good. And yeah. Guardians, man, Guardians really did it for me. Yeah. Plus, I mean,. This whole MCU has just been building towards the Infinity War. Yeah. And, yeah, we saw, like, a little bit of, like, Thanos over the shoulder in Avengers. Yeah. But Guardians of the Galaxy, we actually see Thanos. We hear Thanos speak. Yeah. But isn't it impressive as shit that Marvel managed to... Like, at this point, they'd only been doing pretty safe movies. Yeah. Iron Man, Captain America, Avengers, The Hulk. Uh, And then they're like, we're going to do Guardians of the Galaxy. You don't know any of these heroes. You're not going to know any of the side characters. It's not going to tie into the shit we've been doing aside from Thanos. And... You're not going to know fucking anybody involved here. Are we going to star a big-named actor? No. Here's a guy named Chris Pratt that you don't know yet. Yeah. Unless you watch fucking Parks and Rec. Yeah. I didn't know who he was at the time at all. 
and now he's one of my fucking favorites. And honestly, um, the most familiar I was with from Chris Pratt, I believe, was from Delivery Man. Me too. Weirdly enough, that's all I had. We've talked about that movie a lot too. That comes up way too much. <laughs> I don't know why it keeps coming up. Uh, maybe but then, like after Guardians, he was in fucking Jurassic World. Yep, a Lego Movie. Actually, yep. Lego Movie was prior to. But I didn't realize it until after. Yeah. And, like, they launched him into superstardom, and Guardians is one of their most popular franchises now. Like, oh, yeah. No, like, Guardians was so unpopular that even people who read the comics were like, wait, which one was that again? Like, <laughs> I don't, it, it's impressive. And they managed to do it, like, you would think with all of that aside, like, okay, well, it's going to be your standard big-budget type of movie. It's not going to be too weird. <laughs> nope. It's weird. A lot of weird shit going on here. Uh, Howard the Duck shows up at one point. <laughs> yep. Man, uh, I fucking love this movie. I love this movie so much. Like, this was the easiest decision in my Marvel ranking. It was basically, okay, well, Guardians is number one. Let me rank the other 15 now. Yep. Anyway, I'm I'm going to stop there now. Uh, and that was your number four, so now it's my turn to talk again. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we already talked about this one. My number three is Ant-Man. Uh, that was your number eight. It's not... Eight. Not too far off. I I like it a little more than you do by the sounds yeah. of it. Uh, I don't rewatch movies that much. Ant Man is one of those movies I go back to because yeah. it's one of those things that like uh, I was hyped up for it because Edgar Wright was originally directing it. Uh, there was a falling out there, and basically nothing he did showed up in this movie from the sounds of it. Um, yeah. But it's one of those things where Marvel just took a bunch of things that I like. Not all my favorite things, but a bunch of things that I enjoy. And put them in a movie. <laughs> like, I like Paul Rudd. I like Michael Pena. I like Michael Douglas. I really like Corey Stoll. I like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> I, like, uh, <laughs> I like heist movies. I really like Ocean's Eleven. Yep. They they just kind of took the idea of the, I mean, obviously the Marvel superhero uh, format, put a guy I liked in in the in the the seat here, and did a movie based on shrinking abilities, based around heists, like it's a movie that's it's made for me. <laughs> yep. And I love it. I I always go back to Ant Man. Uh, I mean, it's only two years old, but I've watched this a fucking dozen times or so, which is a lot for me because I don't rewatch movies that much. And uh, you know, we talked about Ant Man quite a bit. I just had a few points I wanted to throw in there. Did you say your number three already? No, I didn't. And 
And my number three is the only movie we haven't talked about yet in the MCU. Oh, okay. So we, I wasn't sure if we were going to have any of the same rankings, and apparently we're not. Nope. What's your number three? Which I'm kind of glad of. Yeah. We didn't rank any of the movies in the same spots. Huh. Nope. Okay. So. You had? So, my number three is... Spider-Man Homecoming. Very, very close. I had it at number two. Yep. Oh, where do we start with this movie? Oh, man. Well, I mean, we did a whole... We did a whole episode reviewing it at one point. Yep. But at that point, I hadn't seen it. Uh... I think I think the, the easy... more I watch it, the more I like it, and yeah. like watching the special features too. Like yeah. holy shit, watching the special features and watching like Tom Holland do so many of his own stunts and having like input on his on like the stunts his stuntmen perform, yep. and just like Stan Lee even saying that this kid like the poses he hits, like, the way he lands on the ground and hits, like, the Spider-Man pose is the kind of stuff that Stan Lee pictured when he created the fucking character. Like, Stan Lee even says that this kid is what he always wanted Spider-Man to be. Yeah. And we've got Michael Keaton as the villain. Oh, like, oh my god. Man. That in the car when the two of them are like re when he's realizing who Peter is yep that that scene is wow I honestly think that that scene is one of the best scenes of the year in TV or film yeah that is I want agree. It's a fucking brilliant scene. There's yep. so much at work, and there's it's so easy to digest. It's so easy to watch and follow, but there's so much going on. Yep. And so many different points of view that the viewers have to take into consideration. But it's not hard. It doesn't. It's not difficult. Man, fuck. That's such a good movie. Like. I think the easiest way to sum this up is Spider-Man is, at least for me, and I believe for you too, one of the greatest superheroes of all time. Yeah. And this is the first time we've had a movie that truly felt like Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. We finally got an amazing Spider-Man movie. Yeah. This only came Honestly, out like half a year ago. Yeah, I was like, part of this movie really hit home for me, like, really made me nostalgic, was the part where he's out in the suburbs, mm. and there's nothing to swing on. Yes. <laughs> because yes. as a kid, like, like before even the first Spider-Man movie was made, we had the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon, and I had Spider-Man comics, and things like that, and... I used to fantasize about being Spider-Man as a child, but in our small little hometown in Newfoundland with like 
no big buildings and everything's spaced far apart and lots of wind. I was like, he wouldn't be able to swing here. No. Like, there's nothing to swing on. And, like, anytime my family and I would go to, like, a bigger city on a trip, like, even downtown St. John's, to a lesser extent, but then, like, when we'd go to Montreal or Toronto or Halifax, places like that, I, as a child, I would be looking at the buildings, and that was the first thing that caught my attention when I would go to a big city is, like, wow, Spider-Man would be able to swing here. (laughs) That's cool. Like, that was my initial thought anytime I went to a bigger center as a child. Spider-Man could swing here. And then we get this movie where, yeah, Spider-Man does a lot of swinging, but then he ends up out in the suburbs where there's nowhere to swing. And I was just like, man, like, that was me as a kid, like, thinking about this kind of shit. Like, Spider-Man wouldn't be able to swing there. And, yeah, that movie just brought me right back to my childhood. Yeah. Plus, I mean when I was a child, Michael Keaton was Batman. Yeah. So seeing him, like, come down with, like, the vulture wings extended kind of brought me back to, like, seeing him coming down with, like, as Batman with, like, the cape extended gliding down. Mm-hmm. And, like, not only was this movie really good, like, you take the nostalgia for me out of it, it was still a fantastic fucking movie. Yes. It was funny, it was, the action was good, the shots in some of the scenes were amazing, like, but then you add the nostalgia on top of it, and I was just, whew, the only thing that kept me from putting this movie at number one or number two was where it's so new. Yeah. I was reluctant to give it the top spot because I didn't want to make too hasty of a call on it. Yeah. I want to see how it holds up. That's fair. I honestly, I just, I couldn't think of, besides Guardians, I couldn't think of another movie here that I honestly liked more. Which is crazy because of how much I've watched some of these other movies, but, like, and another thing, another thing. So, there's one thing this movie did that we talked about, you t- you revealed it to me in the review, but it is just one of the coolest things that Marvel has ever done. Uh, the fact that, to give a little bit of a history lesson here, uh, there was an online push for, like, now, <laughs> let me tell the story here. Uh, me and Charlotte were recently watching Spider-Man Homecoming, as her f- first time, and every time that Donald Glover scene in the parking garage happened, I I smiled to myself like an idiot. And so we're watching it, and it happens, and I smile to myself, and Charlotte's like, okay, what are you smiling about? What what stupid shit are you smiling about? So I paused the movie, and I gave the history lesson. And that is, uh, there was a push maybe five, ten years ago uh, everyone online was making a petition for Donald Glover to play Spider-Man in a movie. 
Uh, I think this was just before they casted Andrew Garfield around that time. And uh, so Donald Glover himself uh, was a fan and said, I would love to. It didn't happen. So comic book writer Brian Michael Bendis took it upon himself to create a black Spider-Man based on Donald Glover and inspired by him. And that's where Miles Morales came from. And now Miles Morales has his own series and he shows up in the cartoons and the video games and everyone loves him. I'm a fan. And uh, the fact that they not only put Donald Glover in this movie as a side character, uh, but they let Donald Glover himself be the one to reveal to the world that Miles Morales exists in the MCU. Yeah. That is a fucking, like, it's a very, very fucking deep cut, and you gotta go back a ways to find exactly how cool it is, but... It, it fucking warms my heart a little bit, you know? Just that they let him do that. That they let him give the line that reveals... And it's just such a side nod, just a... I've got a nephew. Yeah. Fucking cool, man. Like, I, Which, like, yeah, not everyone is going to know that. No. But... Not everyone is going to know his character was the Prowler. Not everyone was going to know that... You know... Yeah, he's Miles Morales' uncle. No, but it's it's fan service upon fan service, inspired by fan service. You know. Yeah. Man, this movie does so much like that, though. Uh, to skip through more points here, just because why not? Um, let's see other things I love about this movie. It feels like a John Hughes coming of age teen com- comedy at times. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they managed to put a homecoming dance into the movie that ties into the title without forcing it at all. Uh, yep. The fact that you get Vulture, Shocker, two incarnations of Shocker, and a nod, a, a very obvious nod to Scorpion in a Spider-Man movie without it feeling bloated at all. Uh man, this movie just does so much. Uh, and and the fact that it feels so very New York. Uh, Spider-Man is so rooted in Queens. And you really get the sense of his neighborhood. He, like, to, uh, I guess to be a little on the nose, he really does feel like a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. He, he, like, he... Like, he has that relationship with his neighbors. Like, the guy who runs the deli and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Man, I can't give this movie enough praise. And not and it's not even to shit on the others, except maybe Spider-Man 3. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that's the thing. This, uh, and with Back to the villain thing. Spider-Man movies have a history of putting too many villains in a movie and the movie kind of falls apart because of that. I mean, they did it with Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2, not on the same level, but it would have been better if it wasn't quite as bloated. Um, Yeah. But this one, you get your Vulture, you get your Shocker, 
Um, and the tinkerer. Tinkerer, and you get nods to Scorpion, and it feels less like we're trying to cram as much as possible, and more like building towards future movies. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to touch on there. I'm just... No, I don't really have anything to add, because, I mean, well, we've said it all before, and we just summed it up pretty well. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming is just a great movie. Yep, fantastic movie. Plus, you really should check out the special features if you get a chance. I will. Plus, uh, some of the smaller roles in it, like uh, Martin Starr and Hannibal Buress. Oh, yes. And uh, Hannibal Buress is hilarious in it. Uh, oh, you yeah. got the little PSA things with Captain America. Those are good. Yeah. Um, you got Kenneth. Was it Kenneth Choi? Yeah. Yeah. Playing, like, his second role in the MCU being the grandson of one of the Howling Commandos. And there's a picture of himself as mm. the Howling Commando he played in yeah. First Avenger uh, on the wall in his office. Here's something we didn't touch on. Ned. F- yeah. Fucking Ned was amazing in this movie. The guy in the chair. The guy in the chair, man. And he's so yep. fucking funny. I don't I don't remember the kid's name and I don't know where he came from. But he's so fucking funny. Like Oh, he's gold. Man. Uh just everything. Every scene he's in is fantastic. And uh, You know what? Like Marissa Tomei was good as Aunt May. Oh yeah, for sure. I know a lot of people kinda laughed at the fact that she's so young and attractive, but Fuck Young, it, man. the woman's like, like almost sixty. Is she really? I am going to no fact way. check her age right now. No way, she's that old. Is she? If she do, if she is, she looks fucking great for her age. I mean, uh, but the thing about she's it is, fifty-two. Wow, that's she's impressive. She's gonna be fifty-three next on on December fourth. Yeah. But like December fourth, Marissa Tomei is going to be fifty three. So you know what? I think that's a good age for her to be Aunt May. But here, here's the thing: because uh, like Aunt May being like eighty, like seventy, eighty yeah. to a high school kid, like that's a big age gap between his parents and her late husband. Yeah. It is. <laughs> like, that's the thing. A, a lot of people I saw online made fun of how young Tom Holland looked and how lo- how young Aunt May looked in this. But, like, do you do they not agree that Spider-Man was always supposed to be a high school kid? Peter Parker was always in high school. Uh, yep. Later so, went to college, but still yeah. younger than most superheroes. Exactly. And... Tom Holland is still a man in his 20s, but looks the part. Uh, yeah. This is the first time he's actually looked like he belonged in a high school. Uh, yeah. So, if you've got a kid... Well, I mean, who's... Tobey Maguire looked like he belonged in a high school. Maybe, like, as the janitor, <laughs> or, like, that weird science teacher. 
Yeah. He looked like... He's been there for 15, 20 years. One of those retired teachers who comes back to substitute one day. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Oh, old granddad Toby. Um, Yep. So, like, that's the thing. Like, Like you said... If, if this guy is supposed to be, I don't know, 16, 17 years old or whatever, how fucking old do you think his aunt is? Like, <laughs> what kind of family lineage does he have that he has an aunt who is pushing 90? It, I don't... It doesn't make any fucking right? sense. I don't get the criticism at all. This is the first time um, a Spider-Man movie has realistically portrayed the ages that they always said in the comics. He's in high school. This is his aunt. Yeah, like, as much as I love the 1990s Spider-Man cartoon, like, you have Peter, who's supposed to be, like, finishing high school and starting college, living with his aunt. Not his great aunt, just his aunt. Yeah. And she looks like the fucking Crypt Keeper. Really, though? Like, (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure the same artist drew both, yeah. Um, But, like, I... I don't know, and and exactly like we're not shitting on the old stuff. We we love our Spider Man. We always did, but you yep. gotta laugh at how old they always portrayed her. It didn't make any sense. She looks like his grandmother most of the time. She looks like his great fucking grandmother. Like, yeah, <laughs> even realistically, uh, let's just say he was sixteen, seventeen. Uh, that would put his parents, uh, maybe 40s, something like that, between 40 and 50. So that would put their, their parents at, uh, let me see, in the 60s, 70s region. She still looks older than that. Like, she could literally be his great-grandmother based on the, the portrayals in those old cartoons and comics. Yeah. So, that's a lot of tangent. While you uh, motherfuckers hating on Marissa Tomei saying she's too old, she's 53. Yeah. That's old enough to be someone's aunt. Man, I can't believe she's that old. Uh, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. She looks great for a woman of 53. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I personally think she's attractive anyway, but, you know... I mean, Tony's not wrong. Uh, no. So, uh, we that was quite the tangent spent on Aunt May. Um, <laughs> but it needed to be said. It did. It it needs it needs repeating. Uh, so I guess we can uh, quickly list off our top couple, but I think we've really touched on all the points here. Uh, so that was your number three my number two your number two was Doctor Strange which we went into a lot of detail about earlier my number six and our number ones Guardians of the Galaxy on my end and Captain America Winter Soldier on your side right that's correct so uh, let's quickly just recap our top eights Uh, for for me I've got my number eight is the Incredible Hulk Captain America the First Avenger at number 7, Doctor Strange at 6, top 5 being Captain America the Winter Soldier at 5, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at 4, Ant-Man at number 3, Spider-Man Homecoming at number 2, and my number 1, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
My number eight was Ant-Man. Number seven, Age of Ultron. Number six, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Five was Captain America Civil War. Four, I had the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Three, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number two, Doctor Strange. Number one, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Most of our, we haven't we haven't fully agreed on any of them in in a, a slot. We've had a couple that were one off, very close. And seems like our biggest disagreements are in the Captain America movies. Yeah, that's about it, really. But Civil War and First Avengers. So not, I mean, and let's be real. All these movies are better than some of the shit that Hollywood puts out anyway. Oh, God, yes. Um, so, that was fun, and I'm glad we did it. Uh, we're definitely going to need to update it. In We're going to need to update this more than once if we keep this podcast going, because these movies are fucking <laughs> spit out in, like, a month. Yep. Uh now we're running a little long for time again these uh the skype ones end up getting pretty long but i had a fun little thing i wanted to add on here since we're talking about marvel sure i did this up in my spare time now uh our last episode of the year uh we won't reveal it quite yet but me and you have been talking about doing something that involved being boozled yeah. Something that involves us eating either delicious or disgusting jelly beans. Uh, yep. So I've got a little game of trivia here. Avengers-based trivia that I made up. Uh, five questions. And okay. what do you say to adding some stakes to this? Uh, I'm going to ask you five questions. For every one you get wrong, that's one extra bean for you in our final episode of the year. Okay. For everyone you get right, that's one extra bean for me. All right. What do you think? You game? I'm always game for something like this. Okay. Here's a little segment I like to call How Well Do You Know Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Uh, Cool. It's not based on the characters. I'm going to ask you a question. Um... And it's going to have to do with an actor who has played an Avenger in the MCU. Sure. Just to help, uh, no villains involved in this, and no Guardians of the Galaxy. So just just to help okay. na- narrow it down a little. And it doesn't. Just the heroes doesn't... based on Terra. What? Yes. Yeah. Just the heroes based on Terra. Yes. Okay. So, which Avengers? first big break in acting was starring in a soap opera. Uh... And you, you can say the actor's name or you can say the hero's name. It doesn't matter. I've got two in mind. Just... Flipping a coin in my head, trying to see which one I want to go with. Yep. I'm going to say... Thor. Ah, you're right. I was debating between him and Mark Ruffalo, because Mark Uh, Ruffalo looked like someone who could have been on a soap opera as well. 
I could see that. So that's one extra bean for me. I hope you're not too good at this. <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth, a.k.a. Thor, played the role of Kim Hyde in an Australian uh, Australian soap opera called Home and Away. He appeared in oh. 171 episodes. What? Oh, yeah. 171 episodes. Three years on a soap opera. Jesus. Uh, he was in this soap opera up until 2007. So, not that long ago. Uh, no. Number two is a very surprising fact I came across. Um, probably the most serious of these questions. Which okay. Avenger was once abducted and held at gunpoint? Which Avenger was abducted and held at gunpoint? Yes, in real life. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Were you about to say something? Nope. All okay. you. Okay, I just heard a bit of feedback. Okay. Um, shit, which... I kind of want to say Robert Downey Jr. because of his shady past. Um, maybe Scarlett Johansson? Is that your final answer? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Scarlett Incorrect. Benedict Fuck. Cumberbatch. Really? Along with two of his friends, was kidnapped and held at gunpoint while in South Africa back in 2005. Apparently, the abductors held them overnight and then freed them with no explanation whatsoever. Wow. I know. Uh, good guess, though. So we got we got one one bean each. We're 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 fine here. Okay. Uh, this is another interesting one. Which Avenger has a music career? including a debut album consisting of almost entirely covers by one artist. A music career, and the, their first album was almost entirely just covering one artist. Also, feel free to play along at home. <laughs> um... Again, I have two people. I keep narrowing this down to two people in my head and then tossing a coin mentally as to who I want to guess. Um, this one, I either want to say Mark Ruffalo or Don Cheadle. Huh. Uh, I'm going to go with Ruffalo. Incorrect again on this one. You had it right the last time. It was Scarlett Johansson. She has two studio albums. The first one, titled Anywhere I Lay My Head, has 11 tracks. Ten of them are covers of Tom Waits songs. Really? And that album features a guest appearance by David Bowie. Shit. Random as shit. <laughs> yeah. So you're at two extra beans. I'm at one. I kind of pictured, like... Don Cheadle being a bit like yeah. bluesy or jazzy I, with it. I could see that. And yeah. he, he did play uh, Miles Davis in the biopic of him. 
Yeah. I thought you were maybe going to uh, guess Jeremy Renner, because Jeremy Renner is a hell of a good singer. And I think he's done a bit of music as well. Yeah. I don't know why Renner never popped in my head at all. Okay, I got two more here, and these are these are fun. This one is okay. very interesting. Pay close attention to the, the date here. Uh, which Avenger was a drama instructor up until the point where they moved to L.A. to pursue acting for the first time in 2008? Some, someone, an Avenger, who did not actually pursue acting until the same year Iron Man came out. And were instead a drama instructor. Jesus. I'm just trying to think, like, movies that these people were in that would have came out, you know, prior to that date. Uh, so not gotcha. Renner, not Cheadle. Mm-hmm. Not Robert Downey Jr., obviously. Yeah, well. Chris Evans was in Not Another Teen Movie. Yep. You just said that Thor was in a sitcom up until 2007. Yeah, yep. Maybe I'm. Maybe I've. Uh, I left a trail here. Maybe. <laughs> Ruffalo was in what? He's in, a, he's in a couple of things. I, uh, <laughs> what? I said he was in a few things. Renner's in SWAT. Um, not Paul Bettany, is it? Is that your guess? Yeah, that's my guess. Nope. Chadwick Boseman, a.k.a. Black Panther. Fuck. Isn't that crazy, though? He didn't pursue acting until 2008? That is crazy. It's fucking insane. Now he's Black Panther, not to mention he was in the Jackie Robinson movie and that movie about fucking James Brown. Yep. So, 2008, he began pursuing acting, and 2018, ten years later... He has his first starring role in, in the MCU. Yeah. Wow. He was a drama instructor at the Schoenberg Center for Research in Black Culture in Harlem, New York. So, wow. It, it's pretty fitting that he's Black Panther. Yeah. Okay, I got one more for you. Uh, see if you can and get some better luck, maybe even out the bean distribution here. Yeah. I started off good, and then I just kind of shit the bed after that. Okay. Which Avengers' first two credited appearances are an educational science video and modeling work for a board game? Like, the... Jeremy Renner. What? (laughs) Jeremy Renner. You sure? Wait... 
This is Chris Evans, man. Fuck. I thought the educational science video would maybe lean you in. No. Chris Chris Evans, uh, his first two credited appearances are Biodiversity, Wild About Life, and he modeled the uh, for the character Tyler in Hasbro's Mystery Date. Really? Yeah, which is funny because uh, I looked it up and I actually remember seeing this board game. He's right on the cover, like talking on a cell phone or some shit. I'm gonna Google that now. It's uh, it's pretty funny that he appeared in a, an educational video that early, and then Homecoming sort of brought that back in a little bit. Uh. You type mystery date into Google, and the first two suggestions are mystery date game and mystery date Tyler. <laughs> there you go. People know. People know what they're looking for. Yep, there he is. Along with a 56-second video of him and Jeremy Renner laughing about it. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. So, so I have to eat four extra beans, and you have to eat one. To be fair, uh, now this this video, uh, sorry, Jesus Christ, video. Uh, this this episode, <laughs> we're recording on November thirtieth. It won't be released till next week. So yeah. between this one and our final episode of the year, there will be one more. So if you wanted to quiz me. Maybe we could even the odds a little. If you, okay. if you if you feel so inclined. I might start working on that. Yeah, we well we know the topic. We're going to surprise all you with it. Okay. I got some brainstorming to do. Yeah. Um Hopefully it doesn't backfire and give you like nine extra beans <laughs> although <laughs> I don't know if I'm that good uh, Brian runs the train on my trivia questions oh, and I just have to eat an entire pack of bean boozled you know what uh, let's let's reveal what we're doing with the bean boozled okay we won't have to talk about the episode itself um, the episode is going to come out around Christmas topic to be declared uh, end of our first year podcasting here. And yep. the idea is that each of us is going to have a secret word that we're going to we're gonna choose prior to the episode. And yep. we're going to keep a tally of how many times the other person says this word. And that is the amount of bean boozled jelly beans we're going to have to eat at the end of it. So, yep. it could be fucking brutal. Uh, we'll, we'll set some guidelines and rules. I'm sure there will be some words that are off-limits, because I guess if... They're too common. If uh or fuck are one of them, I mean, we won't be able to find enough beans. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think once again we've reached our, our longest episode ever. So, uh, on that note... Constantly uh, reaching new lows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we strive for here at Jedi Dropouts. Uh, 
how low can you go? Uh, I, I guess that's all the time we've got for today. Yep. Uh, thank you once again for listening to another thrilling hour or two or however fucking far we've got in here of Jedi Dropouts. Yep. Uh, you can always listen to more episodes of Jedi Dropouts. If you feel like punishing yourself over at www.jedidropouts.podbean.com or on Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, iTunes, and Google Play. Ah, I got them all. I almost forgot them. Uh, or you can go uh, give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And uh, oh, yeah. I guess uh, thanks for dropping by. Something, something, drop out. Later. Peace.